Medina. Life, love and laughter. We all have relationships in life and one of the most important relationships you can have is with your food. Well, how's about investing in the food psychologist? Welcome, Dr. Chrissy Ferguson. Hi, Gina. Nice to chat to you. Now, this will sound like a bit as if I'm a stalker, but I've followed your career for probably about 10, 11 years. I think it was 10 years ago we met, wasn't it? So yeah. it's been a while. <laughs> Would it be fair to say you, you were just kind of starting out then as the food yes. psychologist? I think when we met, I had just sort of qualified I'd finished my PhD I'd finished qualifying as a nutritionist and I was sort of just starting up to see clients and 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 working within as the food psychologist so to speak and then that's when we met I just remember watching you on stage and thinking wow I need that girl's knowledge <laughs> you know you look fantastic you sound fantastic and clearly you look after yourself I'm looking at you just now and your skin's glowing I just want to ask you all sorts of questions about <laughs> what I should be doing to look the same so let's rewind then uh, did you always want to be you know at school I, I don't ever remember seeing that on the list you know food psychologist well the the reality is when I was at, at school I was really ill so when I turned about 12 I'd moved school and I was having a lot of just... At that time, we didn't really know what was wrong. So I'd spent a year going back and forth to the doctors and they had no idea what was going on. had lots of different blood tests. And it took about a year for them to officially diagnose me with what's called ME or chronic fatigue syndrome, which at the time I found it was bizarre because I think up until that stage you had the flu or you had a cold, you went to the doctor, they gave you some antibiotics and then you were well. So this was my first experience of chronic illness and it wasn't a case that they were going to give me some medicine and it was going to be fixed. And the doctor, he was he was good. He, he just, he was very honest. He said, there's nothing that we can really do. You're going to have to go. And at that time, it was known as sort of alternative. And I was like, what do you mean alternative? And because at that time, there wasn't the food blogs and Instagram and Facebook. There wasn't as much recognition. Yeah. And I took, I think my parents took me out of school for about four months and it was like some kind of mad road trip, me and my gran going all around the country, going to herbalists, acupuncturists, hypnotherapists, brainwave devices, mail order drinks, all sorts of weird. This is where you were getting your knowledge. <laughs> weird and wonderful things. And so... I was really kind of learning about how what's going on in the body, trying to understand what was causing my my symptoms. Um, and so that was really my teenage years. I kind of grew up in this weird thing of having a lot of hormonal problems, skin problems, digestive issues. Um, I was bedridden for periods. And so my whole teens was about learning how to get well. And that really sparked, I think, my interest. And I remember it about I went to university. A lot of times with chronic fatigue, they believe it's all in your head because you look fine. And so I was really interested in psychology and that's when I then went and started. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just was interested in psychology. I went and did a degree. And when I was going through that process, I started going to a naturopath and she taught me about diet. And this was a really new concept. The idea that, I mean, it seems crazy to me now, but the idea that what I was eating could be impacting how I felt. That just wasn't something that was in our dialogue in the house. Well, we weren't taught that when no, you think way back. We just were not taught that. No, exactly. We didn't have the food blogs and all, all this sort of you know media and knowledge about that. So I had to really start examining what I was eating, what my lifestyle was, and had to do a, a big, you know, 180 degree flip. Um, you know, especially as a teenager, what you eat depends on what's in the cupboards yeah. and they refill themselves. All your friends are having burgers <laughs> and fries. Right, you know, and, and instant noodles and chocolate covered sandwiches. So I went from there 
And I think it's easy for people coming to me now. They think, oh, well, you know, you know, you already eat this way. But I didn't always eat this way. I had to start out and learn. And I did it very, very gradually and, and began to change my diet. And that's when things started to shift. And so when I got to my sort of PhD level, I also decided to train as a nutritionist. And then people were like, well, what are you doing? You're doing psychology, you're doing nutrition. And then so I started, I call myself the food psychologist, which kind of amalgamates these these different concepts. How wonderful. What a great story. Sorry that you had <laughs> to go through what you had to go through in your teenage yes, years. But, but then that was instrumental. It comes full circle, doesn't yeah. it? Now you're living and breathing what you have experienced in the past and you're putting this into your future. Absolutely. And I think that's important because a lot of times we can work with practitioners and go and see people who have trained in a discipline but they maybe haven't had the personal experience of what it's like to live with chronic illness, mm. hormone problems, digestive issues, um, you know, and, and had to go through that process themselves. And I think they're, they're, they can be two very different things. Um, and so when I work a lot with my clients, the, the, a lot of times it's women I work with or young girls and they're, I can kind of see myself in them. I was like, yeah, I've been there. I've had those skin problems. I've been given that X, Y, and Z. And so you're on a different level. You can completely relate to what they're going through. Was there ever a point where you thought, maybe this is all in my head? I think in the very early stages, when I was sort of 12, 13, I'd moved school. I'd had a very, very stressful time in that move. I, I'd, I'd went from the local school to this private school. I, I felt totally out of my depth. And we had a lot of stuff going on in our family. My dad was working away. So there was a lot of of stress. And I remember someone saying to me, this is just stress related. This is, you know, especially at that age, it's like, are, are your kids just avoiding going to school? Is it, are you, you know, are you faking it? And and this was, and then and then you start to think, am I, is, so am I avoiding yeah. it? It's just that sort of thing. Um, and so actually in that sense, having a diagnosis eventually was quite, empowering for me because it allowed it took that pressure off um it allowed people to say well you know there, there's a, a diagnosis and a, a better recognition within the school that I wasn't just avoiding certain things if that helps what was the first change that you noticed I'm really interested in this where you started to change your diet and then you noticed something whether it was your your skin improving or mentally you know the clarity of how you were thinking what was the first real shift that you thought this is working yeah, I mean, I think one of the, this is probably the embarrassing, but I think one of the first things is you notice your digestive system. And I remember we going in and someone saying to me, you know, how often you go to the toilet? And, and that was, we never talked about that before. That wasn't something you discussed. And then all of a sudden, everything might, I didn't get this bloating after meals. Because I used to remember I would go out and I could end up, you know, that way you're... The jelly belly. Uh -huh, and everything swells up and you look like you're pregnant. But And, and I was always so embarrassed about that. And so as I started to understand what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating... That was one of the best things. I didn't get this bloating all the time. And if I did, I knew what had been yeah. causing it. And you're right. We don't talk about our digestive no, system don't. enough. Uh, so I'm glad you've touched on that. In fact, there was a campaign for a long time. Make your number two your number one. Yeah. Wasn't there? This is a lovely right. conversation if you're having your dinner just now. So that was the first thing. But I think it's important because you are what you eat. I remember Dr. Gillian McKeith, although she's not a doctor. Is that right? I think there was... There was a whole debate. She's yeah. a PhD. Like okay. Me, she's a PhD. So yeah, okay. So I still think of her yes. as Dr. Jillian McKeith, but she was the first person to uh, to kind of pop up, wasn't she? To say, look, you really yes. got to look at your digestive system, and you know, give me your poo, and I'll analyse it. What a That's job! Right. I, well, I mean, yes, that would. Have you done that? <laughs> no. no. Okay. Just. I mean, we do. We in my uh, clinic, we do stool tests, but I'm not doing the stool test. They they get a kit sent and they send that down to the lab, and we do. I get the results. So yeah. How? I mean, how fascinating. So. 
what kind of clients do you have? People come to you with what kind of problems? It tends to be, I mean, I, I work predominantly with women um, and that can be anywhere from sort of, sort of late teens right through. Uh, and the thing is that a lot of times we can have hormone problems. There can sometimes be one thing that brings you, maybe you want to lose weight or you're having a hormone issue, but often we have a full spectrum of symptoms it's maybe one thing that, that brings people to me that, that's become intolerable, yeah. but things always have a knock-on impact. So a lot of times they have digestive problems, uh, hormonal imbalances, whether that's a diagnosis like endometriosis, PCOS, or they're just getting a lot of painful periods, skin problems, um, low energy and mood. And as I say, it's never just one. Usually when things are out of balance, it has that domino impact. Mm-hmm. Are there certain foods that you think categorically we just should not eat? Well, I know, <laughs> probably put you on the spot here, but are there certain things? I mean, I think that there's uh, there's an increased recognition of that now that a lot of the food that we're eating is more like you could call it food stuff. Or they're very highly processed and they don't really they have a lot more chemicals in them than food. And so, in that sense, I think the more that we're eating more, and we know this, this kind of whole natural foods as much as possible. Um, and there's ways to include more of those in the diet that. Isn't, I think the thing is sometimes if we're not used to eating a, a natural whole food diet, we lack the confidence in how to make it taste good. And I think that's the important part. Um, and also allowing our taste buds a chance to adjust. Um, and I think a lot of times it's more about upgrading. So instead of using the white refined sugar, we could be looking at more natural sweeteners. It doesn't need to be we completely eliminate stuff. It's just about upgrading the quality. For example, your diet, um, I can't even imagine what you must have like for your breakfast, lunch and dinner. So what's your own diet like? So I tend to, things like, I love things like porridge in the morning. I have a lot of like different fruits, I like smoothies and, and vegetable juices. So a lot of things I do make from scratch. Um, and then lunchtimes, I have a lot of salads and soups. I do cook a lot of my own stuff. And as I say, that wasn't always the case. Yeah. I've just learned over time. Um, but I'm very much not about eliminating. There's some things that I encourage clients, especially if they're having digestive issues, initially to look at. So we know things like dairy can be problematic, gluten. Um, and maybe you don't have to eliminate these completely, but taking stuff out until you feel good mm-hmm. and then sort of experimenting a little bit with the diet. And then you know where your parameters are. Like I can get away with certain stuff that my husband he always says if he has yogurt, he gets itchy feet because he gets psoriasis. <laughs> but I don't have a problem with that. If I have too much, I get tired. So I think it's about getting your balance and where you are. And how, when I was really ill, my diet was a lot stricter than I am now because it needed to be, because my body needed more support. And would you say you, you're you clear? Have you been given the all clear? Is that, is that a question? Can I even ask that? I, I think it is. A, I mean, I don't have any of the symptoms that I used to have. I... In, in terms of like my, my hormones are pretty good now. I don't have any issues with my digestive pro- my, my digestive system. I used to have really bad acne. My skin's now, as you can see, it's... I said know, at the start, your skin's glowing. It used to be a constant outbreak. So I had to always wear a lot of makeup. Um, and the thing is, I think, uh, you know, I'm very sort of typey personality. I'm always going to be prone to doing too much. So I have to watch my <laughs> adrenals. And if I do too much, I know that I need to take care of myself a bit more. So I think, you know, we're it's a, a, an ever-evolving process, um, but I, I don't have the kind of health issues that I had years ago, no. That's incredible. I love your passion. It absolutely oozes <laughs> out of you. Um, and the, you've shared your story from the beginning. I love the fact you've got straight in there. But I'm intrigued to know what is it that really makes you tick, that makes you get up first thing in the morning? Is it the, the drive to solve other people's problems? 
Yeah, I mean, I love, I, I do love working with women and I, I'm a bit of a creator. I think that's my personality. So um, a lot of my focus is, I've been working a lot more on like creating programs for people to go through online programs. Um, we have a lot of on the website, we have things like toolkits. So if you've got a health issue, you can get like a the free toolkit and it gives you like the supplements, taste recommendations. I love cooking and recipe development. We're we're sort of developing a course at the moment for that. So I love visually creating stuff that inspires you to eat healthier and making it taste and taste good. So I, I'm a bit of a creator. So that's sort of my main sort of focus is making things that people can come in and experience. All right. Do you ever sleep? We haven't even touched on that part of your, your cycle yet. Do you? Well, I am a bit of a night owl. I um yeah, I, I tend to go to bed quite late because I find I'm up. My husband, he sits in front of the TV and he's like out at 10 o'clock. I mean, he gets up early because he's a trainer. So he's he starts his sessions at like six in the morning. But we sit down the TV, he's asleep at 10. <laughs> and then we've two chihuahuas. It's like, an, I was like, can you not just help put them to bed? And then I'm usually up to like 12. It takes me a while to kind of unwind. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and especially with that recent or creative brain. Yeah. We know we're always being told, you know, sleep is so important. You know, three most important things, diet, exercise, Absolutely. sleep, you know, to, to, to get by in life. How many hours of sleep do you get by on then? I, I think to function well, I need eight. And I know that about myself. Um, if I get less, seven's okay, but if I get less than seven, I can be a bit headachey and just irritable. But I, I need about eight, eight. I'm pretty good. Now, I know we can't talk about any specific clients, client confidentiality, yes. and I respect that, but I'm interested to know in sure. someone perhaps that you have worked with that you've had that feeling of, wow, your life has completely turned around. You've come to see me, the food psychologist. You've taken my advice. You've got the toolkit out. You've done all the tests. And now your life has turned around. Yeah, I mean, I've had a few different um, experiences. And to be honest, I think sometimes when people come to you, some people will come and they're not in that right space. Whereas other people come and they're just ready to hear what you have to say. And I think that's a really important part because I can't physically go in and make you make things and make you change your make diet. Make gluten-free crepe. <laughs> no, but sometimes people just need that support and they need someone to just say, I've done it, you can do it. And you know, one, one lady came a couple of years ago, she had really bad bulimia uh, her whole life, struggled with her diet. And she had became very, very obsessive about food and we had we just sort of met and we used to have a dialogue about it and I sort of helped her change her thinking about food. It's not just about calories, it's actually about supporting your body and we did a lot of work on that. And that was really instrumental because she was able to completely change her diet but also she was allowed to get that freedom around food which I think a lot of women do struggle with. Brilliant. So that's, again, that's looking at with your psychology degree, that's looking at the, the psychology, psychology yeah. side. The physical side, I one of my clients, she had recurrent shingles. This is an interesting one because I, she came to me sort of through someone that I knew and I'd said to her, listen, I've not worked with shingles before. Wow, serious I, as well. Like she had recurrent, so every time her period came, she would get an outbreak of, sh of shingles. And, and I said to her, listen, I, I don't have any kind of experience with this, but what I can do is I can can help you support your body your you know with the diet and we'll put in lots of fresh juices and we'll support you with the supplements and we'll just see we'll just see what happens you're nothing to lose we'll see what happens and um it was amazing like she came and I was genuinely so she came back and she says it's just it stopped it's like it stopped happening and I don't know what was wow. but anyway and I, she'd had a period of stress I think it led to the and so that so sometimes I'm even like wow that's quite powerful but that's groundbreaking stuff that was it was amazing it was really amazing and my other client he had come he 
he went to myself and my husband actually uh, for training and he lost, I think there's a photo actually on the, um, on my husband's website. He was in, I think he was 26 stone. He got down to 19 stone. Wow. I mean, and he, I remember coming into the office and he was just a big tall guy and I helped him with his diet. And sometimes with guys, I don't mean to be you know, sexist, but sometimes guys with the diet, because they have to start cooking and learning about food, they're not as interested, but he totally took it on. And he started training with my husband and he dropped, I mean, that weight, he just came off. It was Healthy incredible. lifestyle, just having the approach to having a amazing. healthier lifestyle. These stories are fabulous. What is, I met a lady uh, a couple of weeks ago, a nutritionist, and uh, we we're talking about superfoods and it, blueberries. She went on and on about <laughs> not just blueberries, but wild blueberries. What's your top kind of superfood for most people? I know we're generalising here, but what is would be your top kind of tip for superfoods? Well, I mean... Superfoods can encompass so many different things, and I think that can cause the, the confusion. Um, but when I think about foods that can really help, I love green veggies. You can't go wrong with. And so, why is that? Right? Let's just because get, why is it? So I think a lot of the times, like you hear a lot of people giving like smoothies a bad rap because mm-hmm. they're high in sugar and all this kind of stuff. And I think that can be really confusing for people. But when we have a lot more, it's because if we're putting loads and loads of fruit in it can increase the sugar and it can be a high hit on the body. Whereas the green veggies have what's called a low glycemic load. And so you're getting all these vitamins and minerals. But they're tasteless, Dr. Chrissy. But <laughs> it's the balance of doing them. And so we do. I get a lot of clients who were doing green smoothies in the morning. And what I'll say is put in more fruit to begin with because you're used to the sweeter, the sweeter foods. And then you can reduce that over time. And we have clients that are living on, you know, not healthy diets, who've introduced green smoothies and are quite happy to continue on them. So. I have watched some of your videos, so I, <laughs> I haven't tried any as yet, but I will. I could listen to you all day. Your knowledge is just is, is immense. It's brilliant. You mentioned, of course, pictures on your husband's website and, of course, your own website. We mm-hmm. can't have you here and not talk about your own <laughs> way, your own website. Yeah, so I, I run an online health consultancy called The Food Psychologist. And so it's really a place where you can get lots of recipes and information to support that process so I mentioned before we have a range of toolkits so if you've been diagnosed with a hormone problem or a digestive problem you've got acne or eczema um, I offer these toolkits for free so you can go on and you just you can download and it gives you my recommendations around supplements and tests that you may want to consider we also have a health testing centre on there so you can order blood urine stool tests there's full information you know if you've got say you're living with an ongoing hormone problem It'll talk you through how you can investigate what's going on at a biochemical level. And these kits are then sent to your house. You take your sample, you send it to the lab, and then I can help you analyse it. And then, of course, I work one-to-one with clients. So um, I do a lot of my coaching with people actually all around the world because it's virtual coaching online. How the world has changed. I know. Yeah. So we sit on a computer face-to-face. And um, it's funny because I'll have clients in Glasgow, but then I've got people in like Israel. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you can have them for everywhere. Um, so on there you'll find all my kind of one-to-one coaching as well. Um, so that's your people. website? That's thefoodpsychologist.com. Oh, and your husband? He because is, you partner up with your husband. Yeah, so he does a lot of the fitness side. He's got a gym in Mogai. So he, his name is Jonathan White. So his is whitemethodfitness.com. So he does a lot of team training, group training and personal training. 
Excellent. We need to get him in then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> for the physical side. We've chatted a lot about the mental side, but for the physical yes. side. Dr. Christy Ferguson, absolute joy. And thanks so much for coming in. No, thank you for having me, Gina. Look forward to the green smoothie. <laughs> Gina. Life. Love. And laughter. Like and share us. And come back for the next episode next week.